Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's shift to footy. And one of the biggest stories last week was the draft. Now, equalization in the AFL, it is a complex web. From a pure draft perspective, there are academy rules, father-son selections, special assistant compensation packages, and free agency domination, really. And then from a league-wide angle, what about the fixture or the fact that the MCG is hosting the grand final for another 35 or so years? The Giants played at 16 venues last year. Collingwood played 17 games at the MCG. So if you're looking, Bryce, for a complete equalization in football, don't waste your time. So then the question is, what's your threshold? How unequal are you prepared for the AFL to be from a fairness perspective? Now, in my view... The issue is not that the Gold Coast Suns got access to a quartet of future stars, but that the Victorian clubs do not get a pick until uh, selection 40 of the draft uh, of any academy players that they have. And that's been the case since 2021. And last week, these Victorian clubs, many of them filthy at what they believe are lopsided regulations, even considered, I've got to say this with a straight face, boycotting the bidding process in what would have been both completely illogical and frankly quite petulant. At the centre of all this are the Suns, and thanks to their haul this year. And their CEO, Mark Evans, joins us on Sports Day Now. Mark, Mark welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It was, uh, it was a big week, but a, a pretty good week as well. All right, Mark. So let's, let's dive straight into this, because I, I am firmly in the corner of the Northern Academies being allowed to select the players that they have helped develop. I want to put that on the table from the very start, and I've always been in that camp. At what point of this draft did you get, uh, I guess, a whisper or an inkling that these Victorian clubs were stamping their feet? Oh, I think we'd known for part of this year that there was going to be good talent available to the Gold Coast Suns and that was going to ruffle some feathers. But the strong reaction probably indicates that Gold Coast did well. Uh, well in producing the talent in the first instance, but were then clever enough to be able to use the trade in the draft period to amass the points to be able to take those players. The second part of it, as you said, was probably frustration from other clubs that they invest in their next generation academy and that they they don't get to uh, secure those players unless they're outside the top 40. So the AFL is going to review exactly what the process is now. And this did change after Jamari Eaglehagen was selected with pick one in 2020. It was sort of viewed that you can't have an academy prospect that's pick one and it all changed. Um, what's the solution, do you think? I mean, you worked at the AFL and you were part of, I mean, a very central player in actually... Um, introducing this academy process into the ecosystem. How do you fix it if it does need to be fixed at all? Well, I think there's two parts to this. One, we're talking about competitive balance and we should have a, a way of disequalizing talent flow uh, so that we can help clubs regenerate from the bottom far quicker uh, than, than without it. 
And in the old days, you could only really get the, the main source of talent from the draft. Once trade and free agency have really gone through the roof over the last uh, five to 10 years, it's far easier to stay at the top just by continuing to go to that market and ignore the draft. So if you're down the bottom, we've still got to find the right ways for you to access talent and move yourself out of that part of the ladder. Um, but uh, the second part of it to me is strategically, what is the AFL trying to grow and incentivize? If you're trying to grow the code in New South Wales and Queensland, then you've got to be prepared to, to make some of these things happen for that area. And if you, if you want to go and chase multicultural Australia and you want to put in next generation academies, you have to give clubs good incentive to go and help produce that talent. Mark, it's exactly right. I, I agree um, wholeheartedly with that because it is for the greater good of the game. And I think that's so critical. Um, as supporters, sometimes our beanie is too tight around our head and we, <laughs> we end up going, well, that, that doesn't suit my club. But we've got to have that view of the greater good where th- th- there's lots of other avenues that um, you know these athletes could be headed towards. How frustrating is it for you as a leader of a club right in the mix of it, that some people just simply don't get that? I think for me, uh, I wanted us to be able to celebrate the fact that we had developed four players to the level of being top 30. Like, that's a record for us and unlikely to be matched, you know, for a long time to come. Three of those players are from Palm Beach Currumbin Junior Football Club. (laughs) Yeah, Can you imagine if we were sitting here saying that we got three players from Xavier College? We'd be shouting from the rooftops about how good that is. And this is a small club in southeast Queensland, rugby league heartland. Like, we should be shouting from the rooftops about that. Let's celebrate that. We celebrate father-sons as we should, but uh, the, the academies play such an important role in keeping kids and families connected to the AFL. And then if you can develop them up to AFL level, let's be proud of that. So uh, you mentioned father-sons, and I look at a club like the Western Bulldogs, which has been blessed with many father-sons in recent years, or Collingwood as well with Darcy Moore and Dacos, et cetera. Is there anything that the AFL can do, do you think, that can, um, I guess, make it more difficult to get father-sons in the same way that these Victorian clubs want it to be more difficult for you to get your academy players into into your club? I don't think you're going to have a system that is going to be different for father-sons or academies. In a father-son pick, we're doing it for uh, the love of the game and we're celebrating the fact that we've had a a father and you can keep his kids at the same club. That has no um, assistance for competitive balance. That is just something for the love of the game and and the aura of all of that. Uh, But uh, I would say that Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs two years ago, they used the same mechanism that the Suns used by trading away their first picks and collecting picks in their 30s and 40s to be able to secure those players. Now, if you're going to allow it in one area, you have to allow it in the other. Mm. If you're going to tighten up on on academy rules and tighten up on father-son, then so be it. But uh, so long as we're going to have those uh, opportunities to, to... take father-sons to a list or take academy players to a list, we're going to need some sort of rule as a guide as to how we do that. One of the more exciting parts is the first day of pre-season, Mark, and did you cast your eye over, well, the group of new recruits and, uh, well, the new coach as well. How did Dimmer go and the, and the boys go today? Now, I've just arrived in Melbourne for the AFLW Awards, so I've missed the first training, but uh, I've heard a few reports already. Look, uh, Damien, with his experience, is very determined about what he wants to achieve, uh, the environment he wants to set up. 
and how each person contributes to that. And uh, I've sat in on a couple of meetings over the last couple of weeks and uh, very pleased with how that's going. So, Mark, you look at the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, I look at the Gold Coast Suns now and I see a club that's ready to go. I mean, I probably thought it a couple of years ago as well, but it's probably been turbocharged with Damien Hardwick's arrival and the, uh, I guess, the mature nature of the playing list that it is now. How excited are you about what you've been able to put around Damien Hardwick and the club that you've been able to build over the last 12 months to a position now where I think most footy pundits would think that you are well in the hunt to play finals, if not win a final? I think over the last four or five years, we've managed to stave off uh, the players who were leaving us on, on, to go home. Uh, we've still had a couple exit, but we've mostly kept a group of players now that appear to have made Gold Coast their home and, and ready to achieve some success at the club. Uh, halfway through last year, we are very strong in stating that our ambition now is clearly about premierships, um, travelling to Europe to, to meet with Damien, and everything that we do from here is actually to drive us towards a premiership. We understand you have to earn that right. Um, you do it best from the top four. You have to earn the right to get to top four. To get to top four, you've got to get to the finals. We've got a lot to go through, but uh, pretty happy that we've got our man at the top end to help deliver that. That European trip was uh, well publicised. How confident were you when you got on that plane that you would leave uh, Europe or wherever you were? Were you in Italy or Spain? Where were you in Italy, weren't you? Um, it, was, it was Italy. I was far more confident on the way home than I was on the way there. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask. So, so how sure were you on the way there that um, he was going to be your guy and he would end up saying yes? At least he managed to say, yes, uh, he'd catch up with us in the middle of his holiday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the conversation went very well in Milan and I could tell uh, that the fire was still in his belly and that was the main thing we needed to tick off. His experiences spoke for themselves and, and uh, uh, we were delighted when uh, we saw that he still had the vigour to be a, a top-line AFL coach. Mark, there's a lot of people listening who are involved in local football and probably want a bit of an insight into how you approach someone like that to come to your club. How do you, how do you present a, a club and the future and see their role in it? How did you go about that? I, I think any key appointment is, has, has to be a two-way discussion around what that person is trying to achieve in their career and what the philosophy or the ambitions are of, of the organisation. And I would say probably 10 minutes into the discussion, uh, some three or four sentences had rolled out of Damien's mouth that I thought, gee, I could have said that myself. That's exactly how I feel about our place. So it, uh, it, it went pretty well from there. Can I just ask you one or two more on, on this uh, academy stuff before we let you go, Mark? We do appreciate your time. We know you've got the w, w Awards tonight. You know, like you, you look at um, the Western Bulldogs missed out on an academy player, you know, Collingwood um, took Giath from Hawthorne, Geelong nabbed Ruckman and Mitch Edwards from Fremantle inside the first 40 picks. I know West Coast were really flat that they missed out on Lance Collard as well due to that top 40 cap. Um, can the AFL change it to make it a top 20 or make it a top uh, a first round? Is, is that a suitable solution? It is. Look, if you have the right mechanisms as to what it costs you in the draft, then you could mount a good argument to say that you should be able to get a player that you've put a lot of development effort into. One, you might have attracted them to the game. You might have dealt with all of the barriers that they have to accessing normal talent pathway programs. And if you can develop them, then you should be able to get the player. But at what cost? That's what we should talk about. And if what, there's and a what cost do you think? of working out how you, how you pay for that through the right number of picks, I think that's a better focus for us. Okay. So what do you think the cost should be? It, I, I noted there was a 20% mark. Um, 
mark up. Um, is is that the right number? I, I don't. I'm, I'm not so fussed around what the discount is or isn't, as so long as it's applied equally across the competition for father, son, and academy players. I'm, I'm not worried so much about that. Uh, but I do think there's enough brains with inside of the AFL and clubs to sit down and work it out. A Jamara Eagle Hagen might be uh, more abnormal than normal in terms of uh, attracting next generation talent. Mark, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the W Awards tonight and uh, we'll speak to you across the summer and into 2024. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Mark Evans, the Gold Coast Suns CEO.